0: Hello, hello, hello and welcome into episode number 66. That's right, episode number 66 of the Sports Kiki podcast. My name, as always, is Alex Reamer and you can find the show wherever you can find your favorite out sports podcast. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Listen, download, subscribe. You know the deal. It's a beautiful weekend. It's a great weekend to be allowed outside by the Centers for Disease and Control, so thank you for that. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, indeed. You may not have been able to notice, those of you uh, in podcast land, but I have been recording every episode for the last year plus with a mask on, per CDC guidelines, except this week. No mask. The CDC says if you are a fully vaccinated person, you can shed the mask outside And in most situations, indoors. You have no idea how many times I have angrily typed out tweets (laughs) only to delete them over the last few weeks, really over the last year, but the last few weeks in particular about this mask debate 2.0. I will just say this, though, here on the pod. Around here, I live in Massachusetts, the great city of Boston. We've been preaching, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science, as we should. But now that the science says you can take the mask off, we're throwing up our hands and going, "Mm, I don't know. We're extending our mask mandate. Why? Follow the science until what? It goes against this newfound political identity that we've acquired mask wearing Follow the science means follow the science. That's what I've always done. So that's what I intend to keep doing. And I will just say this about masks in general. It's such a thorny issue. And it sucks that it's become such a thorny issue. It speaks to our society and just how awful it is to try to talk and debate anything. I mean, that's why. Go back to Twitter. I used to be a person who used to tweet my thoughts freely about all sorts of things. And now I'm just like, hey, let me, here's a picture of my cocktail. Here's an article I wrote. I'll retweet that because what is the point? And that's fine. I'm happier. It's better that way. Nobody needs my thoughts on anything. But it it, it does think that we can't. You can't broach so many topics because it's like I, I don't want to deal with the potential blowback here. But I will just say this uh, philosophically about masks. The reason why I couldn't wait to shed my mask this week, in most situations, I will wear it when asked in businesses, of course, but the reason why I like, I'm excited to breathe the air, see other people again, is just, it, it, I I don't want to live in a world where the only time we can see somebody's full face is through a Zoom screen, you know, we need to be with our fellow human beings and not just view them as vectors of disease. So I get it. It makes sense at the height of a pandemic to wear your mask, especially when you're close to others indoors. I totally get that. That's cool with me. No issue. I will never in my life protest a mask mandate. But just mentally, as people this anxiety culture of where we can only interact with people virtually or we only see someone's true face again through an iPhone screen or a laptop screen. That needs to end. That is not how society functions. And it's just an example of how Twitter is not the same as real life because everybody I know in real life has followed the science all through this way, and they are happy that the science now says they are fully vaccinated and they can live something much more close to their old lives. So that's what I'll say about that. I don't think I got myself in too much trouble, but we'll see. I have the co founder on this week, though, to help bail me out. Sid Ziegler is my guest on the show. As you know, he's the co founder of Outsports. Uh, He's accomplished it all in LGBTQ media, except come on the Sports Kiki podcast. So here he is. And Sid follows the Olympics very closely. He's hosted the Five Rings to Rule Them All podcast. Uh, And I talked to him about some issues with the Olympics that are really societal issues too. Trans athletes inclusion. We could have as many as eight openly trans athletes compete in the Olympic and Paralympic games this year. And... We also have the issue of COVID in Japan, the Tokyo Games. On Friday, Japan extended a COVID state of emergency just 10 weeks before the Olympics are supposed to happen. So what's the deal? Are there even going to be the Olympic Games this year? Should the Olympics go on this year? I talked to Sid about all that. And also, he had a very interesting post on Facebook this week, which he also shared on Twitter, defending Los Angeles. The LA gays are constantly under attack, and Sid Ziegler has uh valiantly rose to their defense so we do that as well on the other side thank you as always for listening and welcome back to the sports kiki as i mentioned in the opening uh sid ziegler has done pretty much everything in lgbtq sports media except be on this podcast so sid now uh, i guess your career is complete you're at the pinnacle welcome to the show
1: here it is. It's all downhill from here.
0: It's all, all downhill from the podcast appearance. Absolutely. Um, as I was also, as we were saying before we uh, pressed record here, two issues, at court, no controversy I want to talk with you about. Trans athletes and COVID in the Olympics. So we're in this together. Let's start with... Your podcast, Five Rings to Rule Them All, from this past week. You had a post on Outsports as well. At least eight trans athletes are hoping to qualify for spot in the Olympic and Paralympic Games. One athlete, weightlifter Laurel Hubbard from New Zealand, has already qualified prior to this year. There's never been a publicly out trans Olympic athlete. I guess my question for you is, obviously we know what a hotly contested issue trans inclusion is in collegiate high school sports but what is the temperature on this and what has the temperature been on this at the elite international level
1: well it depends on who you ask there yeah. is a group of people who say that these trans athletes are going to take opportunities away from from women because they refuse to even use the terms as gender um and and so you know they they hate they use terms like male and male-bodied, and um, and uh, to attack these athletes. But as I'm sure you know, none of these athletes uh, are favored to um, win an Olympic medal. Uh, even Laurel, who a few years ago won a silver medal at a World Championship, did so in a year where there are at least nine countries banned from participating. Wow.
0: Um,
1: so you know, it's listen it, these. To me, any of these athletes have been working really hard. They have, um, you know, they're subject to if they want to participate in the Olympics, IOC trans uh, transition policies, which means they've been on uh, hormone therapy for years. Um, so, you know, to me, this is just, this is about hard work and determination and, to get past all the nonsense that you have to get past, I mean, that's that's driven people like Laurel Hubbard off of social media. She won't even give a media interview anymore. Um, to, to, to get mm. through all of that and to qualify for the Olympic Games, I think you've earned your spot.
0: Yeah, and, and the policy, I mean, so the IOC has had this policy until... Since rather, 2004, right? and they require that athletes undergo, undergo hormone therapy for what two years is their suggested time? Is that correct?
1: So they, they had a policy back in okay. 2004, and, and that was really what internationally opened the door right to trans participation. They changed it in 2016. Um, and and the, the, it went from two years to one year. And there's, there's, there's talk that they're going to, um, change the, I don't want to get too much into the weeds, but sure. they're, they're, they're going to, they're, they're likely to in the future change the, um, the hormone level that you can be at. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's internationally, it's considered the gold standard, even though people, some people on both sides don't like it that are too restrictive or not restrictive enough. But I mean, it's, it's been pretty well accepted. I think, again, it's been around for, some form for 17 years
0: yeah and I guess my question would be like since that prior to this year we have not had any out trans athletes compete in the Olympics I mean that to me I look at that and go hmm that would fly in the face that these transgender women have these great advantages right
1: yeah I, people use that line of thinking I I just don't know because how long have trans women really been participating in sports? I and mean, of course we know Renee Richards back in the 1970s, won the right to compete at the U S open as a woman. Uh, but I don't know if there's been, for lack of a better term, a critical mass of trans athletes competing in mm. high school yeah. and at the college levels. And if you ask, you know, Renee Richards herself uh, says, that there has to be some serious mitigation efforts at that elite level um, for, for trans athletes to, to compete. So uh, I, don't, I don't totally buy the argument because we haven't had any that there, that, there, that there aren't really good trans athletes out there. I think we're just seeing so many more trans athletes and some of them are you know earning a spot at elite level sports.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting about Renee Richards and I think you may mention this even in our Slack channel is that and there are others too. I don't don't really want to mention Caitlyn Jenner in this, but like a lot of the older athletes and a lot of you know seem to kind of preach what Renee Richards has been saying about the need for some you know of these mitigation efforts at elite levels, right? It seems like there's some sort of even among trans advocates trans athletes a uh, some sort of generational divide almost.
1: I think, I think that's true. Um, I, I, when you talk to a lot of the older athletes, I I point to Renee Richards, Myana Bagger, Myana was a professional golfer. They both say that there should be very high standards. Um, when we talk to Fallon Fox, Fallon Fox, the MMA fighter, uh, who just fought a few years ago, Fallon believes that there has to be a transition period that, 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 trans athletes uh trans women should not be competing with women at elite levels without a transition period so it just it 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 depends on who you ask juniper eastwood the 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 college runner she believes that there should be a transition period so i yes when you ask a lot of the older trans women um I think there's more agreement that there should be a transition period. It's just what that transition period looks like. And, and you know, they also came of age in an era when uh, gender reassignment surgery was mandatory. Right. So, so they're more inclined to want to require gender re- reassignment surgery, which pretty much has been off the table for a long, right. long time.
0: Yeah, it's certainly interesting. And we'll see how this evolves. Um, the question is, though, Sid, will there even be... Uh, in Olympic Games this year. We're talking on Friday. Today, Japan extended its COVID state of emergency. Only 1% of the Japanese population is fully vaccinated. Um, There are a few ways I want to go here, but first, as someone who follows us so closely, what do you think is going to happen? Because the Games are, you know, what, like less than three months, two months? They're two months away.
1: Alex, I I thought, you know, a couple weeks ago that there was no way they were going to stop the Olympic Games In Japan, I'll tell you, I, you know, I find it hard to believe that the Olympics pose some mass threat. The reason being that as we know, um, age and BMI body mass index are probably the top two determinants of getting sick. Right. Um, and you're talking about a bunch of teenagers and 20 somethings who are the most fit, healthy people in the world. And it seems to me that not only that, but, but add to that um, access to vaccines. I mean, we can't even give them away some places in the United States. Um, I would think by July we could, uh, you know, uh, vaccinate, the athletes and the coaches, and still have plenty of vaccine to go around. Um, I just find it hard to believe that you you can't host these games in a thoughtful, safe manner that doesn't put the Japanese people at risk. I'm not. i I'm, I'm, no, I'm no. scientist. Believe it or not, I may oh. play one on, on, <laughs> on, on Twitter. On Twitter. <laughs> but but don't we all? But it just it just seems, it just seems to me that this can be done. It matters, will.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, they already have said that fans will not attend any of these events, right? Correct, and that's been
1: something. You know, I've seen a couple of people on Twitter screaming about Japan having hundreds of thousands of fans coming in. The, the fans won't be allowed in the country, so yeah, that's, that's not part of the equation.
0: I mean, like you, I am not not a scientist. I know it's hard for everybody to believe, um, but um, you know, I just think in general, like when we talk about holding sports during the pandemic dating back to last year, there was always so much hysteria that came with these leagues restarting. And I remember when baseball started last summer, the Marlins had an outbreak like a week into the season. And then the mood on Twitter was cancel the season right now. There's no way we continue. Same in football, you know, same in the NBA, cancel the season. And none of these leagues did. And even last year before the vaccines, they all were fine. It was largely, it was fine. They finished and it was fine. Um, So I feel like that it's just kind of history repeating itself. A lot of the fervor surrounding the Olympics, especially like you said, fans, spectators won't be allowed in the country. So you could kind of just quarantine them in, in the village, right? I mean, they wouldn't, wouldn't be this massive event. It's been, I mean, it's a massive event, but you know, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. And, and I've seen some athletes say they're nervous about going. I respect that. if. if, if. If you don't want to go, you don't think it's good for your health, you don't think it's good for your brand, then absolutely. You know, I support anybody who doesn't want to, to compete with people who opted out of the NFL season, even right. though most of them seem to be with the Patriots, uh, which didn't thrill me. Um, I know. You have well, to, I respect that. Yeah, have people have to make decisions for their, their families and the people around them. So, but again, I just, I, you're, you're, you're remember when um, the Texas Rangers opened their ballpark and they, you know, had, I think, a full stadium. And we were told that this was going to be a catastrophe. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. So, again, I think between vaccines and quarantining, you can can do things that that make this virtually
0: zero threat. One thing I have always wanted to ask you about the Olympics is, you know, how do you separate— the event itself, from the IOC, which is just to me a completely odious and repugnant organization, <laughs> to put it mildly.
1: How do you separate March Madness from the NCAA? Yeah, I, I know. How do you separate the Super Bowl from uh, Roger Goodell? What's wrong with What's wrong make... with the NFL? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, I'm listen, kidding. people people love to hate power structures, but they love sports celebrations. So it just, it just goes with the territory. I mean, people watch the NFL draft, and, and one of the great traditions is Roger Goodell gets booed. So how do you separate it? it I, that's just, I think it's just our human nature. The, the IOC and, 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 frankly, the way the Olympics are produced are not ideal. The, the way people are displaced, and I mean you look at some of these countries like the, the World Cup, for example, in Qatar. Everybody hates FIFA, but everybody's right. going to watch the World Cup. And the World Cup, I mean, people, which I hear the news, slave labor and all kinds of stuff. I mean, the, look at the couch that you're sitting on. Look at the shoes that you're wearing. We put up with a lot of nonsense that that if we really thought about it, we probably shouldn't be putting up with.
0: Yeah. Well, so we're all hypocrites at the end of the day. I guess that's what it that comes down to.
1: Kind of. I yeah. mean, it's, it's true. I, you know, it, it's yeah yeah people i remember when people were talking about you know the all-star game pulling out of of georgia i said you know think about what is in your house and what has gone into getting it there um yeah i i i i, I none of us are moral puritans
0: no i mean one thing I, I mean i think you know woke capitalism you have to remember that the goal of that is to make money like all things capitalism businesses have decided this is good for the bottom line and I think we're, that's why we're seeing a lot of that. Um, I want to ask you this, too. I saw you shared this on Twitter. A defense, Sid of the L... Yes, the L.A. gays. You are... Uh, <laughs> what's, what's the best thing oh. to read of your post here? Um, let me just say this. I mean, you had a long Facebook post about this thing in the gay community, and I hear it all the time. You know, L.A. plastic guys. It's so fake. I would never live in L.A., but you... You issued a pretty fervent defense. Just talk to me a little bit about this post and, yeah, your thoughts on this whole debate.
1: <laughs> I've lived here for the better part of 25 years. When I graduated from college, I packed up my pickup truck and, and drove to L.A. And, and other than a brief stint in New York, I, I've been here since. And I have worked in the entertainment business. I have worked outside of the entertainment business. I have been friends with people who of all colors and all, um, income levels. And I love LA. I love the people here. Some of the guys who, um, get people point to and call them plastics and, in you know, use the term Instagrammers as a pejorative yes. are some of the guys who come to my house and we hang out and we get together for dinner. And I, I i I am a pretty friendly person and I just don't buy into the nonsense that people put out there about the people who live in the city, because I just found the complete opposite. People are very friendly. It doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with everyone. But but I, I know I was in another city recently and literally. I had three people in one day tell me how much they hate L.A. and hate guys from L.A. Hmm. and how fake they are and how phony and how pretentious. And I met plenty of people who were not very friendly yeah. um, in that city. So, you know, I, I just don't buy this. I, I think that gay guys in every city are just about the same. You're going to get some that focus more on looks. You're going to get some that focus more on money. You're going to get some that like sports, some that, some that don't. And I just think this, you know, frankly, I think people uh, know the amazing life we live in L.A. And they wish they were here,
0: too. Uh, wildfires and all, right? <laughs> that just adds to the excitement that's the excitement yes yes. so you're not one of these because i've been reading all pandemic long about this migration from california to boise to austin you're staying though
1: well yeah trust me because our elected officials in this state are, are are driving the state to the ground i mean it's just and that's you know i i uh i just because i love the people in la and i love my life here doesn't mean i don't understand why people are, have had it i mean the the homeless issue in this city and I've, i it's even worse in san francisco the homeless issue in los angeles is i mean it's it you know there's causing health issues they're they're accidentally setting fires in the woods and i mean it's you know i live in an area that's a high fire danger and all it takes is one one match to go astray and this big problem. So I understand why people are leaving, but no, I'm not going anywhere.
0: You're staying. You're staying there. Um, Sid Ziegler. You're going to come visit. When are you going to come visit? I keep backing out. We'll see you, each other in P-Town. You keep threatening. Well, I didn't have any money up until a couple months ago. So <laughs> that was the big barrier. But now fully employed. I mean, we'll see each other in P-Town. So we have that to look forward to. Um, and, uh, I also want the people to know, Sid, that every time I have an OnlyFans person on the show, that's thanks to you, one of my great (laughs) shadow producers, so I would like all of the, uh, yeah, the geek ears to know that. Well, that
1: makes it sound, that makes it sound like I'm on OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. So I've had a couple people tell me that I should, but uh, I won't be starting an OnlyFans account anytime
0: soon. I've heard that as well. Maybe OutSports. We're always looking to branch into new social media (laughs) platforms. We could do one. The contributors all get involved. Uh, Sid Ziegler. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sid Ziegler. Very simple. Sid, thanks for hopping on. We'll see you uh, July 4th. All right, so a big thanks to Sid for taking the time and coming on the show. We do look forward to the 4th, my favorite holiday. Why? Because the weather is great, and there are no gifts. And as someone who has been to L.A. before, but has not visited Sid in L.A., I will say I tend to agree with Sid, okay? Look, I think there are sucky people in L.A., like there are sucky people everywhere, but it's like a huge city, not sure if you know, and it's a very diverse city as well. So I think there is something to this cultural divide in the gay community and this class divide and these racial divides. But LA is, again, one of the most diverse cities in the country, (laughs) then thus one of the most diverse gay communities in the country. So I guess I'll have to see it for myself, but interesting to talk to Sid about that too. As always, if you have any guest ideas like Sid does when they're on OnlyFans... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or others out there, please send me a note. My Twitter's uh, DMs are open at AlexRiemer1 is my name. That again is at AlexRiemer1. So long. I will talk to you next, next time